You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. Well, I'm moving on out, out of Florida, headed for Arizona, where we'll stay. Moving on out, out of Florida, to a place where it's okay to say gay. AZ didn't vote for the fascists, like Florida certainly did. I know things there won't be perfect. I'm really going to miss my kid. While we're driving cross country, there still are shows to be done. So I'm pulling interviews you may not have heard, and I hope you listen to everyone while we're moving on out. Out of Florida to Arizona where it's hot as hell. I'll take the sauna over the steam bath. To escape that Ron DeSantis fascist smell. I'm Nicole Sandler, and we are midway through the third week of these special shows I put together to fill the airtime while I'm moving. And right about now, I could use some good music and a few laughs. So, I'm thrilled to share with you one of the biggest highlights of my radio career. In February of 2000, Steely Dan released their eighth studio album. It was called Two Against Nature. It was their first album in 20 years, and it went on to win the Grammy for Album of the Year. I was brought in to host the world premiere radio broadcast of the new album, which included a sit-down interview with Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. So here it is, as it ran on radio stations around the country 23 years ago. Okay, um... I'm so confused by this. You read number one, yeah. I read number two, yeah, you read number three, class. and I read number four. <laughs> and what about well, Mine are circled, I understand now. Yeah, see? So should we start? Yeah. This is Donald Fagan. And this is Walter Becker of Steely Dan. Welcome to the world premiere broadcast of Two Against Nature. On the SFX rock Radio... <laughs> now Sorry. we have to start from the beginning we have to, again. Well, unless, you know, unless right. we want to put... Ready? That. Yeah. This is Donald Fagan. And this is Walter Becker of Steely Dan. Welcome to the world premiere broadcast of Two Against Nature on the SFX Radio Network. Known for their meticulous production, cryptic lyrics laced with satire, jazz-influenced instrumentation, reluctance to tour, and a name lifted from a dildo in William Burroughs' Naked Lunch, Steely Dan has bridged a 20-year gap between records to bring us Two Against Nature without skipping a beat. But then we expect nothing less from Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. At the height of their popularity in the early 70s, Steely Dan stopped touring, and the band, which started out on the road, became a studio project. They went against the formula in making their records, using new techniques and expensive studio time and musicians to create their unique sound, and their albums continued selling. In 1993, after almost 20 years since their last concert, Becker and Fagan set out with an 11-piece version of Steely Dan and found that time had changed the face of touring. Steely Dan was back. The only thing missing was new music to play. For two years, a new album has been in the making. And tonight, we're at River Sound Studios in New York, where Donald Fagan and Walter Becker and the musicians they've assembled for this incarnation of Steely Dan recorded Two Against Nature. I'm Nicole Sandler. 
thrilled to be able to spend the next 90 minutes with Walter and Donald for the world premiere of Two Against Nature, coming right up on the SFX Radio Network. Two Against Nature, love this Are we ready? Are we rolling? Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm Nicole Sandler. Welcome to the world premiere of Steely Dan's Two Against Nature. We're at River Sound Studios in Manhattan, where much of the album was recorded, and I'm thrilled to be sitting across from Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. Well, thank you. Welcome to River Sound. The thrill is all ours. So is this home away from home right now? It's actually, it's our actual home. This is home, yeah. Really. <laughs> okay. Just about. We live a few blocks away from here. Uh-huh. This couch folds out. I see. And it's big enough for both of you? Well, we take turns, you okay. know. One is mixing while the other one sleeps? That's it. Okay. Um, I have a, an odd question to start out with, but in looking at the timeline of Steely Dan and the way you've done things over the years, I'm wondering if it's coincidence, okay? It was about 20 years between tours. Like, you stopped touring in 73, and then toured again in 93, and now it's about 20 years between albums, and, and if you take it a little further, I know, Walter, your mm-hmm. birthday was just on February 20th. Mm-hmm. I want to guess that you guys met around the age of 20 at Bard College. Is there something there? Or, were you born in Los Angeles? Or? No, I was born in New York. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering, you know, usually we don't get this kind of Nostradamus-like symmetry questions, but you may, not, you might, may have a point, you know, because we don't know, you know, what happens on these other levels, you know, of uh, of interaction, you know. That's right. If you if you were fishing about for some sort of occult uh, explanation, we wouldn't have it. You know, maybe it's maybe we're just like you know baldness or something. We like to skip a generation every once in a while. Why why a new Steely Dan record now? You know, you're right. In fact, we should just recall and recall them yeah. immediately because <laughs> I, I can't think of thing. a good reason. Yeah, really. You know, the, truth. the more times I've asked that yeah. question, the less certain I am that there's any decent answer for it. But we were touring uh, in uh, the '90s, '93, '94, and. 96 and some other years and uh, we were getting a little tired of playing the uh, the old tunes although they hadn't been played uh, most of them in the 70s since we didn't tour for most of the 70s uh, we still felt we need some some, uh, some new songs to uh, kind of uh, uh, juice up the band and uh, you know make it more fun for us and since we're going out this year uh, this summer um, we'll be playing. We'll finally have some new songs to play, and in this way, uh, hopefully, some some people will 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 be familiar with them as well. So they because you can't really do that much new material that you're springing on an audience without them being familiar with mm-hmm. with it. You know. So we'll talk about the touring plans in a little while. So you you started this process on this new album a, a couple of years ago. Did you know then that it would take two years to record? On the one hand, we hadn't planned that it would take that long. On the other hand. It had occurred to us that, you know, sometimes uh, things take a little longer than you might hope, and uh, so we weren't all that surprised when uh, the uh, time frame got a little stretched out there. Uh, actually, I think I sort of figured out everything takes at least six times longer than you think it's going to take. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Well, that's like the 20-year thing, isn't it? It's like Yeah, it's, it's going back to the, that strange symmetry, you know? Some mm-hmm. weird law of uh, nature who's... The fearful uh, symmetry. That's right. All right, well, we're here for the world premiere of Two Against Nature. The first song that most of the people listening have heard is the first single called Cousin Dupree. And when I first heard it, I thought, at least lyrically, this is quintessential Steely Dan. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of your basic incest song, though. Um, who who came up with that concept? Well, I, I don't know if incest <sighs> is basic Steely Dan, but certainly uh, the fact that it's a dirty song. You right. Know, uh, now, I don't know that you've touched on mm-hmm. incest before, but... The, right. Uh, you mean the, in our work or personally or... Um, work-wise. I don't mm-hmm. know about your personal we had Here's what happened. We A few years ago, we were um, toying with the idea of doing, uh, for reasons too perverse to describe now, we were toying with the idea of doing an all-country album. Really? And, um, which, you know, uh, we may yet do. And there would be incest in and, that. And we were sort of thinking of what, you know, takeoffs on prototypical country song themes, you know, or, or uh, you know, folklore that, mm-hmm. that uh, you know, of uh, rural America, you know. Um, Taking the typical themes and then maybe exaggerating rural, them. Or, uh, mm-hmm. Rural legends, you know. And that was right. one of the things we tried to do. And this So was, cousins come into... Yeah, well, as you know, you know, this is sort of a running gag for the last 150 years or so in America, you know, that in certain small towns everybody is related and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
So that we were just sort of riffing on that. So you weren't basing this on any particular sleaze ball in one of your families. Uh, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Well, cousin. Although Dupree. we certainly could have. Uh, you know, I'm sure if I think hard to. enough. Uh-huh. Yeah. There was a cousin Dupree in every sure. family. Sure. Well, a cousin or, or an uncle or mm-hmm. a you know a great great aunt. Or Absolutely. Something.
That's Cousin Dupree from Steely Dan's new album, Two Against Nature, which is in stores on Tuesday, February 29th. Now, that's Leap Day. Barring barring extraordinary hazard, as we always like to say. Well, in case, you know, for some reason the uh, leap year is uh, suspended this year or something like that. Now, did you, when you knew that the timing was about right, did you decide, hey, Leap Day, let's put out our album on Leap no, Day? No, uh, somebody somebody at Warner's did that, oh. we believe. Another case of, you know, per- unexplained perversity. There you go. There's a lot of it happening. Well, uh, speaking about perversity, um, so far the early reviews are very good. Mm-hmm. The, oh, the good. critics are liking it. There's, Steely Dan is back. Um, the tide may yet turn, of course. Yeah, because, you know, there's always a backlash that's true, mm-hmm. and it is still early. We, yeah. te- we tend to uh, always do well with early adopters, and it's you know the more they sort of uh, stick in the mud kind of guy, you know that uh, that has trouble with with our uh, with what we're working on. Do you pay much attention to that? Do you care? Um, it- no, not too much. But we you sometimes know, we do- have a laugh about it or something, you know. Because the funny thing is, usually people who really like it often like it for completely wrong reasons anyway. So. In other words, it's 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 often, uh, you know, it's it, there's a sort of meaninglessness to it all, you know, in a certain way. What would be the right reasons? I don't. I'm not sure what the right reasons would be myself. Nor would I, if I knew, I wouldn't wouldn't be inclined to tell you actually. But because uh, <laughs> I'm not, luckily, I'm not a critic, you know. Yeah, I, I, I get to play music, you know. And that's a good thing. We're, we're but glad we're very critical of many many things. Don't yeah. get us wrong. Right, uh-huh. we talk a lot of trash in private, you know, but uh, we just don't publish it. But actually, you do, and we'll we'll get to that because we're going to talk about the webpage <laughs> oh, coming up. Sounds like a potent threat. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> uh, we are with Donald Fagan and Walter Becker, Steely Dan. It's the world premiere of Two Against Nature. Stick around. There's more music and more conversation coming up on the SFX Radio Network. So far, so good? So far, so good. All right. Welcome back to the world premiere broadcast of Two Against Nature. I'm Nicole Sandler with Walter Becker and Donald Fagan of Steely Dan. The next song we're going to listen to is called Jack of Speed. Now, some of your songs are lyrically somewhat fairly straightforward, and others Uh are more cryptic. I put this song in the more cryptic category because I'm not sure what it's about. Um, Well, I think that's a fair enough category to put it in you know, yeah it's, it's to me it's bit, not really that cryptic but but uh, you know i'm often wrong about that you it's know? less literal perhaps and less you know this it's sort of it's basically about um essentially allegorical kind of in our mind it was it was about a uh, a uh, a guy who's in a lot of trouble he's manic for what reason he's manic that's sort of you know uh, up in the air but um He's definitely, you know, he's de- he's meddling in matters he shouldn't be meddling in, and it's basically a warning from a from a friend of the family. For uh, of course, this friend of the family may have uh, ulterior motives, you know. I certainly hope so. I mean, yeah, otherwise, for his sake. you know, what's the point? I know.
Jack of Speed from Steely Dan's Two Against Nature. It's the world premiere broadcast, and I must say, Walter, very nice guitar work. Oh, thank you very much. Um, you play a lot more guitar on this album than on previous records. You're more out front. Well, you know, we got tired of the having all these, you know, you go on stage and you've got to, here's the tune, and you've got to play this incredible guitar solo, you know. And uh, nobody can play any of the so- guitar solos from our old records, so we figured if I did them all, then we'd all, you know, we'd be able to handle them. So you couldn't play the stuff that, that maybe Skunk did or... Certainly not. No. That's why we always have two guitar players, though, mm-hmm. you know. Because we, we always, our concept is you need a stone blues player. Mm-hmm. And that, then, would, that would be me. That would be Walter. And then you need a guy with, like, unbelievable chops to be able to ne- negotiate some of the changes that we uh, write into the tunes. Well, your playing on this record is, is great. And oh, it, thank you. And it, it sticks out, and you know, I mean, it, it's got your sound. So. Yeah, that does it does sound like me for better or worse. You know, the uh, Donald and I in discussing the uh, this record as we were making it, we um, sort of uh, reconceptualized Steely Dan as just a blues band, you know, sort of a fancy blues band, and uh, and so you know once we had decided that, uh, that sort of gave me the inside line on the guitar solos. <laughs> on because I do want to ask you about this subject and I'm just going to come out with it and ask about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, There's been a lot written, a lot by you guys. Um, And, you know, let's see, you want to be in it, you don't want to be in it. It should be the two of you, it should be the whole Steely Dan universe. Tell us where you stand today on the Hall of Fame. Well, you know, I mean, uh, as you correctly uh, mentioned, we've sort of been all over the lot uh, over the last few years on this and... uh, it's just a funny idea, you know, that they have a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that it's in Cleveland, you know, that some people are in and some people are out, mm-hmm. you know, and they're inducted at this time or the other. And, uh, you know, the minute we heard about the thing, we uh, knew that uh, this was going to be, you know, keep us in uh, in yucks for a while. So uh, we're probably not finished yet. Yeah, you know, I think it's good that they have the – I think they've done a lot of good as far as – especially towards – bringing some integrity especially to some of the older rhythm and blues mm-hmm. people and all that but there's also something very silly about it you know and uh, especially since it's it started to be televised a few years ago you know mm-hmm. i used to go to some of the ceremonies and when they first started and they were a lot of fun and because you know the the people in the quote rock rock community like uh, are, are interesting people uh and uh anything could happen there and i would a lot of strange stuff happened at these award nights but as soon as they started videotaping them for for tv it just it seemed to become just another one of these grammy type ceremonies or uh one of these television events and and a lot of the fun went out of it and i think a lot of the uh sort of motivation for us like uh having a little fun with the hall of fame is uh, really in a, in a way provoked by by their sort of making it into something that it, it didn't start out to be really. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing originally, way it started out is Donald and I between the two of us, we have a whole bunch of these old digital tape recorders right. that we bought back in the eighties that are pretty are dinosaurs now. They're pretty useless and they're cluttering up his studio here in New York and mine in Hawaii. In other words, it's a storage problem. And uh, we hit upon the idea of donating all these machines to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in exchange for, you know, whatever sort of consideration we could um, obtain. And uh, a nice tax write-off. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, and then at some point someone added the idea of, well, let's throw in a case of honey mustard, you mm-hmm. know, and, <laughs> and it just went downhill from there, really. So. And and all this is is available on the website, which we'll talk about in a little while. But it's, yes, it now, is. Here's an interesting item. I don't think it's on the website. Is that at one point, uh, uh, you know, my parents live in Cleveland, and uh, my niece, uh, Emily, practices uh, piano on the same piano I learned on. It's very cheap, acrosonic spinet, and uh, you know they were going to get a new piano, so they said, well, what do you want us to do with your old piano? And I said, well, I don't want to ship it back here. I tell you what, let me call the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and see if they want it, and they said they didn't have room for it, so I had to ship it back to New York. Well, imagine. It, See, we imagine. didn't put that on the, the on the on the website because we thought the the outrage, the sheer sense yeah. of outrage, would sort of. Right. You know, we didn't, you know, we didn't want to do that to the Hall of Fame then. See, but I one would think that if there is a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, a yeah. piano that Donald Fagan learned to play should 
be there. Well, I, I, I don't know. It's uh, you know, I'm, it's very narcissistic of me on one one hand to think that they'd want the piano, but on the other hand, it was really a drag for me to have to pay to ship it back to New York. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I mean, if they and if they forget about the piano, what about the uh, what about the 3M digital machines? Exactly. Yeah, what about the honey mustard? I know. I mean, we've made all these offers. I mean, we've we've really been the nice guys uh, in this situation, and uh, I think this goes back a long way, actually. And and uh, you know, if if someone really wanted to beat the bush. You'd find some, you know, things that go way back. So it's a, it's a compl- complex history between us and and the Hall of Fame. Well, maybe someone in Cleveland is listening and they'll take notice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we yeah. Are... I've sort of mixed feelings about that. <laughs> Me too. Okay. You know? We're yeah. with Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. We're going to listen to another song from the brand new album Two Against Nature. This one's called Janie Runaway. Did I mention the Swedish ginger cookies? No. I just realized that's the last thing we offered them. It must have been. Thursday, the dad went on that spree Before the crew put out the fires You hopped the bus for NYC Down in Tampa, the future looked desperate and dark Now you're the one who waits for grandma's depart Who makes the morning fabulous? Who says today's a fun day? Why do I feel like sailing again? Honey, it's you, J.D. Let's grab some takeout from Dean and DeLuca, a high gulping wine. You be the show girl, I'll be Sinatra, way back in 59. Look at you in long black gloves Come to old blue eyes, tell me who you love Who makes the traffic interesting Rescues a dreary Sunday Who makes me feel like painting again Honey, it's you Nature is the brand new album. We just heard a song called Janie Runaway. Now, is that social commentary on street kids or lecherous old it's men? Just celebration of life, really. Ah. Yeah, we don't write social commentary. <laughs> we have no- nothing to add to the, uh, you There's know. plenty of that already. You know, we figure we're just, you know, 
do something else, really. More with Donald Fagan and Walter Becker coming up on the SFX Radio Network. Hi, this is Walter Becker. And this is Donald Fagan, you know. Steely Dan. And you're listening to the world premiere broadcast of Two Against Nature. We're back. It's Steely Dan's world premiere of Two Against Nature out this Tuesday, February 29th, Leap Day. Now, in addition to your new album, there's another Steely Dan project in the works, sort of. I'm not sure what your involvement with it is. It's the soundtrack to Me, Myself, and Irene, a new Farrelly Brothers film, that with bands covering Steely Dan songs. Yeah, the the, the Farrelly Brothers are, are uh, apparently uh, Steely Dan fans from way back, and they called us up and wanted to know if we'd be willing to uh, have uh, a lot of our, uh, our group of our old songs um, covered by various uh, uh, bands uh, to use as part of a soundtrack for this film, and it, you know, it seemed like a an interesting idea, so we were interesting to see what they're going to do with it. Do you have any involvement in the bands or what songs they're going to do? No, uh, n- not really. They've sent us some. some we offered. We offered to, to consult. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but so far we, you know, we, we haven't really gotten any any major phone calls, you mm. know, about it. I think they ended up paying us not to consult in the end. I think they're, maybe maybe there was something something to that. I think you're probably right. They realized, you know, they'd be better, yeah, much right. better off without, you know, our with mm-hmm. just sort of our blessing, but not our actual help. I don't know why, because we had a lot of really great ideas, you know, like. Uh, you know, that's where the compensation comes in, you know? Uh-huh. Oh, I can't so just, like, give out the ideas. I, I understand. I mean, and, uh, what would I have left? You know? uh, really, that's right. We, we'd be like... Uh, what know? about our relationship with the Farrelly brothers? We'd yeah. be violating a confidence. I know, if that's we... true. And, and what is your relationship with them? Well, um, we've talked to them on a phone a few uh-huh. times, you know. Did you see something about Mary? Um, we've seen... I've seen sure, something about Sure, I saw part Mary. of it. Uh-huh. Donald's seen par- certain parts of it. Do you get their sense of humor? Because I, I hear you guys can be kind of funny... You got a well, sense of humor. I know you've like, seen no instance of that tonight. No, not at but, uh, all. <laughs> we, yeah, we get it. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, there's some funny jokes. Funny jokes in there. You know, okay. That thing with the dog. We all liked everyone uh-huh. liked that. Mm-hmm. Right. A little derivative, but you know they're getting better. Uh, there's a song on the new album that that reminds me of one of your older songs, um, "My Old School." And when I heard "What a Shame About Me," I mm-hmm. kind of thought that. In some ways, that's the continuation, or it's it's another way of looking back and reminiscing. Well, that's interesting, and and uh, um, you know the there's even there's a, a reference. Lyric, there's mm-hmm. a lyric reference yeah. in there that uh, sort of supports that idea. Um, so we'd have to go along with that. All right. Yeah, we're sort of you know down by law with that, I guess, since mm-hmm. we sort of put that in there. Yeah, put that in there. Yeah. All right, why don't we listen to it? What a shame about me from the new Steely Dan album, Two Against Nature. Okay, did I mention the Swedish ginger cookies, by the way? Yeah. Okay. Shame about me 
chairs and you're standing very close. But like this is lower Broadway and you're talking to a ghost. Hey, God, it's easy to see. What a shame about me. What a shame about me. What a shame about me. Brand new music from Steely Dan from Two Against Nature. We'll be back with more Donald Fagan and Walter Becker on the SFX Radio Network. Welcome back. We're with Walter Becker, Donald Fagan, Steely Dan for the world premiere broadcast of Two Against Nature. Many uh, Steely Dan fans have probably visited your website, steelydan.com. But if they haven't, I highly recommend it. Um, (laughs) Many, many hours of entertainment there. Um, I, I guess I'd say Steely Dan is Y2K compliant. You guys have really gotten in there and taken advantage of this new medium. Uh, well, when we first um, started doing it, we immediately realized that this was sort of the perfect uh, place to uh, publish in a funny sort of way, sort of running gags that we've had going, you know, uh, when we're working or when we're hanging out or something for years and so we just sort of type them up and sling them up there and uh, and it got to be uh, a pretty you know a productive process for us if you can consider you know the kind of thing that we're putting up there is you know a worthwhile product i mean we we you know i think we started with liner notes which we've written for albums and uh because of the the hype that uh, you're subjected to in in the music business we figured we'd you know just we started out sort of hyping ourselves in a way with a little humor, and uh, I think the website gives us a, a, another uh, you know outlet for that. And it's a good place to dump stuff that's not really a song or something that we're uh, maybe all that serious about, but it's fun for us to do. It's like when we're uh, writing songs, you know, we'll we'll take a break and like you know. Uh, write a poison pen letter to somebody or something and you know and then throw it on the website you know? or make a promotional offer to Dean and DeLuca that's right or, or limited yeah. time only you know the one of the things that happens um, when you are successful to some uh, noticeable extent as an artist is that you know things tend to turn into big productions you know you you you're not just writing a song for the sake of writing a song you're writing a song as part of an album and then you're going to do the album and it's going to take a big long time and then you're not going to go just play in a club you're going to go and do a huge tour you know across uh, three continents and so on and that can be a problem in that you don't sort of have the uh, avenues to do things just sort of quickly in a lighthearted way or you know in the way that in a playful way and uh, the uh, website's sort of good for us for that, you know. And also, uh, I think it feeds back into the songs in a way too, because you know, because uh, you know, whether we we try to pay attention to it or not, there there is a certain amount of pressure, you know, putting out an album after twenty years, and and it's true though we've never really written for audience, really. We 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 write to amuse ourselves, really. There is it is difficult, you know, knowing that well. You know, what if one of these songs isn't, uh, you know, of uh, you know incredible quality that that people expect, you know? And I think by by the writing stuff for the website, we can get back in the mood of just kind of, you know, having fun with it, and it, it makes the songwriting process maybe less serious and less, uh, you know, dire, you know, because because you know you tend to fall into bad habits when when there's expectations. The album is called Two Against Nature, and that is the title track. Why is that the title track? 
Well, uh, let's see. Two against nature. I guess the two is is uh, is Walter and myself mm-hmm. and uh, nature. I think we're mostly talking about human nature, although a lot of a lot of especially I notice Europeans think we're like anti-environment or something like that. But uh, nature is really um, it has to do with art versus nature. It has to do with overcoming obstacles that that nature uh, supplies, like uh, you know, getting older and dumber and maybe not having as many ideas as you did when you were you know nineteen. And um, well, we still have lots of ideas. They're just not as you know. They just maybe we can't have the same good ideas again that we had when we were right because you know problem. It's like uh, how many good ideas you're going to. Well, it's been said that some you know artists basically have only one good idea and they just kind of you know have variations on it. Well, so what was our good idea? That's whatever it is. We're we're still work. We're still we're still dining out on it, and it's on uh, (laughs) two against nature.
I actually hear a, a bit of supernatural in there. There's the... Right. That's right. Well, then that was sort of part of the... Uh, part of the conceit. Part of the conceit was that, you know, the nature we were talking about was, you know, fraught with, you know, supernatural demons and, uh, you know, mischief makers. and uh, The demons being, you know, metaphors for all the the uh, obstacles that are placed in your path. And we also, the, the song we're also advertising to help other people with their demons as well, especially our fans, I, I, I like to think, you know. It's like... Uh, sort of a love letter from us to yeah, our Yeah, it's like almost like we wish we, you know, if we had an 800 number or something and they could call us and we'd like be in their living room, you know, uh, 24-7, you know. Or, or a 900 number. Oh, yeah. That way you'd make a few dollars up. Right. Yeah. Two Against Nature, the title track from the brand new Steely Dan album, In Stores, Tuesday. Coming up, we're going to hear some live music from Steely Dan on the SFX radio network. Live music. Live music. Oh, oh that's right. okay. I remember, yeah. yeah, they told uh, us you about that. You know you were going to play? No, but you know, you we've, gonna... we've, we've yeah, been... Uh, <laughs> 800, 800 different uh, promotional schemes have been uh, launched, uh, you know, uh, concerning us in the last uh, seven days, and we've lost track of a few of them in the, you know, <laughs> in the process. Like yesterday, I, uh, yesterday they, they, I had to sign a Stratocaster, and I don't even play the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> well, whose name did you sign, then? I, I signed your name. Cool. <laughs> They're going to have you sign a keyboard soon. That, I'm, I'm perfectly willing yeah. to do it, but I'll have to sign it with just you know two fingers or something. You know, <laughs> that's how I play it. Welcome back to the world premiere broadcast of Steely Dan's Two Against Nature. A few weeks ago, Steely Dan taped a show for PBS's In the Spotlight series that'll air March 1st. Have you guys done a lot of TV? Because you kind of miss the video age, sort of. The MTV thing happened. Well, we tried to wait it out, and unfortunately, uh, you know, it's not it's quite still over going yet. on. Uh-huh. We're still um, waiting. But we couldn't wait quite long enough, apparently. So yeah, really, we had to get back in there, and uh, it's still in its 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 last throes. So you've been mixing the performance, and how's that coming along? Good. Yeah, we're afraid to look at the video portion of it. Uh, we only have to deal, luckily, with the audio portion. We've seen little pieces, I guess, of of the video, and you know, it's like it's just it's too it puts you on overload. You know, you just our plan is to swap in for the for the uh, for the video portion of the program at the last possible minute. Swap in uh, an experimental movie from the late sixties. <laughs> you know, something that's mostly just flickering light or you mm-hmm. know, animation color. You know, strips of color drawn directly yeah, like on one the of film. Czechoslovakian film. Yeah, something, something like that. Right. And uh, and you know so you'll have not only we have the the uh, good Steely Dan music, but you'll have you know some really stimulating, thought provoking, uh, visual visual images. Uh, All right. Well, luckily this is radio, so we'll just keep that in mind as we yeah. listen to a few of the songs from Steely Dan's PBS performance. That's right.
Some live music from Steely Dan from the upcoming PBS in the Spotlight series that'll air on March 1st. Check your local listings for broadcast times, as they say. Now, you guys are set for a U.S. amphitheater arena tour beginning in May. That's and right. And then on to Europe and Japan in the fall. Steely Dan in 73 called Touring Quits, and it took about 20 years, and you came back on the road. Why the change? Well, that's the 20-year thing again, there you, you go. know, that you were talking about before. It was actually 74, so yeah. that would make it a... 19, 19, 19 years. years. Mm-hmm. Blows my whole theory. Kind of like that Hey 19 thing, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, as it happens, between the years of 1974 and 1993, um, incredible advances had been made in the, uh, in the field uh, of technology of uh, touring rock and roll bands. And not only that, um, some pretty substantial economic gains had been made as well, wherein... Uh, you would actually be able to uh, make money rather than lose money the way we were doing it in the 70s. Um, and, uh, you know, the... Uh, Plus we get to headline instead of open for other bands. Yeah, you know, it's a, we're big stars, you know, we're sort of strutting around like we own the place. I think we're probably you know. about medium stars, really, you know. Uh, well, we don't have to sense. know that. But we get to headline, though. We think we're big stars, yeah. you know. We act like we're big stars. At least we don't have to, you know, open for those, those uh, you know, Texas metal bands anymore. They were scary. <laughs> yeah, really. That's they're they're big, some of those big Texas. Guys, you know? Big guys. So touring is something you enjoy now? Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, really look forward to it. We have a great band. Um, you know, uh, we have a, a fairly uh, uh, substantial and growing book of songs to mm-hmm. choose from, so we don't get tired of playing the same things over and over again. Um, even even some of our uh, oldest songs, um, there's enough to them that's of interest to us that we can, uh, you know, do uh, new versions of them or uh, rewrites of them or harmonic uh, revampings that that you know, so that you have the advantage of playing something that the audience is familiar with and and yet it's sort of fresh at the same time. So uh, we, we've had a great time. That's great. I know uh, I grew up listening to your music, and uh, I was always heartbroken throughout high school because it was Mm -hmm. Steely Dan doesn't tour. They're they're a studio band. They're not going to tour. I had a tough time in high school, too. Um, (laughs) You know, it was, uh, I had to take the subway, first of all. And, uh, you know, essentially I had to go through three boroughs to get, you know, I had to start Did you go to one of those special schools? I went to Brooklyn, through Brooklyn, you know, without stopping in Brooklyn, Mm. and then ended up in Manhattan. You think that's better? I had to ride three boroughs. (laughs) <laughs> my school. It, was so, it was deep in the farmland of New Jersey, and it was, uh, you know, it was like, you know, once you get up the mule, you had a swing on a vine. Uh-huh. And, wow. You know, uh-huh. Well, see, and you've come through all that, and you're on the road and making, you know, former kids happy because uh, well, you know, we're all thrilled well, to see Steely Dan playing Glad to be of service. Um, yeah, anytime. We like it. It's been a pleasure. The new album is called Two Against Nature. Walter Becker, Donald Fagan, Steely Dan, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to talk to you, Nicole. You too.